there is honestly too much cricket happening right now. Yeah. And I get very overwhelmed and I get very jaded. And dare I say it, I I can't be, I can't even be bothered watching cricket sometimes because like what is going on? What game is this? You know. So we're gonna we're gonna have to cut this out of the the podcast, no one. <laughs> My goodness gracious! Did, is it, are you are you, are, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? You are now in the salmon <laughs> with Nuan and Hasith. Uh, Nuan, how's it going? Mm-hmm. And how did you like uh, my new intro? It's something that I just came up uh, today. Came up with today. I'll tell you what, Hasith. It's 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 up there. It's up there. It gives me it gives me very like Winston with a Y vibes. You know, the, you know, the... <laughs> I was going for a very naturalist David Attenborough kind of vibe. So I guess we're sort of David on the Attenborough. I'll tell you what, David Attenborough, Attenborough probably rolling in his grave at that point. But, um, <laughs> Oh, but no, man. look, I, I do rate it. I do rate it. We, we, we'll, we'll certainly work on the intro. but can definitely uh, work on it. But look, <laughs> but look we're here for, for another episode of, of uh, In The Salmon and uh, always lots happening. But today is your show, so, so take it away. It is indeedy. Yeah, you're right. Lots lots are happening. Lots ah, lots happening with cricket all the time. Uh, lots to cover. Mm, mm, mm. Surprise, surprise. I really want to talk about some white ball cricket, actually, no one. Um, <laughs> <there's been laughs> of, of course you do. There's been a fair bit of that as of late, and a few notable performances actually that um, that really yeah. struck me as as quite rare and, and special. So um, yeah. those of you guys that have been following um, India, India been playing a lot of cricket as of late. Yeah, finalised a series with Sri Lanka. Let's not mm-hmm. go into uh, into detail with that one. Pretty abysmal performance by our lovely boys uh, from Lanka. Uh, but you know, New Zealand have come over since then, and uh, yeah. a really really special knock. By none other than a gentleman that's actually been in the circuit for a few years now. Everyone's been talking him yeah. up since under-19, mm. I guess, sort of stint that he had. Really prolific tournament a few years ago. Mr. Shubman Gill, he actually yeah. scored 200 against uh, against the All Blacks, or the Black Caps, yes. rather. Black Caps. Um, 208 of 149 deliveries, opening the batting in yeah. an ODI, mind you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, really crazy performance. 19 fours, mm. 9 sixes. Absolute powerhouse. No one, did you catch the mm. game live? Did you watch the highlights? Unfortunately, I did not watch it live, but I did catch the good old KO mini highlights. Never lets you down. But <laughs> uh, yeah, look, really, really impressive knock there from young Shubman Gill. I think this kid's only like, what, 22, 23 years old? Uh, young money. He's a player. Yeah, he's a yeah, young money. Definitely, definitely very young money. Um, <laughs> he'll definitely go. I mean, look, in the next IPL, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the highest bid players. I think Shubman Gill is, Shubman Gill is a very interesting character because... He's been around for a little while now. Like, his name pops up everywhere. You know, it's often him and Prithvi Shaw that are sort of in contention as their next big young guns. But mm-hmm. I watched the highlights of that knock. Really nice knock, man. He's got really crisp shots. He's very smooth, elegant. Uh, you can tell he's got a really solid technique. He's not like that very sort of crash-bash kind of player. Not at all. And, uh, you know, I, I can definitely see Shubman Gill being a part of India's World Cup plans uh, later this year. Really, really good young talent. You know, he's been performing for such a long time. And he's like got really good numbers as well. Like he's currently averaging. I mean, look, he's only played twenty matches, so obviously that average will, you know, come down a little bit. But right now he's uh, he's already hit a thousand runs in just nineteen innings mm-hmm. at an average of seventy one point three seven. Really good strike rate of one hundred and seven. Ridiculous. Um, all he has, all he has, three hundreds to his name, five fifties. You know, he's a player that yeah, that 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 can really perform. Um, he's even done pretty well in the Test arena. Mm-hmm. That's where I first sort of learnt about Shubman Gill when he came on that special uh, on that 
on that you know miraculous 2020 Indian Test tour of Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, he was only I think he was only 21 back then. He was really really young, and he scored like an 80 or like a 70 or something, right? Not not a not a huge score, but but the way he batted, the Australian commentators were really impressed with his temperament and his calmness mm. and his maturity. Yeah, I, I remember Kerry O'Keefe saying something like, you know. This boy, this boy is only twenty-one years old, but he looks like he has been playing Test cricket for at least ten years. I remember, I remember him saying something similar on the long, along the lines of that, and that, and that really stu- uh, stuck out to me. Mm. You know, only because uh, it's a it's a very huge compliment to receive, especially when you when you're so young. But you know, yeah, Shuman Gill is fast becoming an all formats player. That that was a really really nice double turn. What what were your key takeaways from that knock? Yeah, you know, I think when he, when he played. Yeah, I think for me the main thing is like um obviously his age is is quite young, yeah. 23 years old. Yeah. And mm. um you said he's been around for a while, but I I beg to differ, man. He hasn't played that much at all in my opinion. Obviously like 13 test matches, 20 ODIs, 3 T20 mm. internationals. He's very very fresh and it's it's yeah. absolutely crazy to think that someone uh who's only played 19 games in ODIs is able to score a double 100 in his 19th game. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, he's the youngest to score two hundred and fastest Indian yeah. to a thousand runs. I think he overtook Kohli. Yes, which is absolutely actually sorry. The youngest previous was Ishan Kishan, who set the record with two hundred ten. Ah, he's the other one that scored a double time. That's yep, right, yep, at twenty yep, four. Yep. That was quite recent as well. But I didn't think... he 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 demol he demolished Sri Lanka, didn't he? He was the one that. I'm not sure. There's every chance he demolished Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> who isn't who isn't demolishing Shuman? Yeah, yeah, days? yeah. That's why I guess I sort of like rate Shuman Gill's two hundred a bit higher than Ishan because it yeah. was against a better pace attack. Um, yeah. New Zealand, yeah. obviously, you know, let's be real, their leagues ahead of Sri Lanka in terms of bowling capa- uh, capability. And um, uh, yeah, if you had, um, as you said, you saw, you saw the highlights. This guy is just classy. There's one way to describe mm. Shuman Gill. It is class, um, yeah. and that is actually just. Um, You know, if you have a look at how he celebrates his hundreds, we've seen a couple of them now. He actually yeah. has like a quite regal bow that he gives to the crowd. He does, which he is does. which is a beautiful thing. I think I like it. It's a bit corny, I'll admit, but yeah, no, nah, hats off. He he, he definitely he, deserve it. <laughs> did he did he watch any footage of the great Shane Warne? Because Shane Warne used to bow like that as well. Yeah, with the with, with he, the uh, floppy. Took, took five. And just just sorry to interrupt you there. Just a quick one. Ishan Kishan scored his double ton against Bangladesh. Oh, there you go. Not Sri Lanka. And that was and that was in December last year. So, we'll take um, that. We'll take that. That's that's a little win for so, Sri Lanka, actually. Yeah, it wasn't against us. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't being destroyed there um, by the uh, by the Sri Lankans. But uh, but yeah, no, Shubman Gill, man, class act, class act. You know, I can see this kid playing for a while. I mean, we also we always say things like that, of course. Yeah. But look, man, he's like you say, he's got a, he's a very technical player. He's a bit of a he's got a little bit of a like a dravid sort of languid kind of flow to his batting. He does. He actually also reminds me. Some of his shots remind me of Rohit Sharma's shots as well. He's very, yeah, very nonchalant. He like leans into the ball, relies yeah. on timing as opposed to just brute, lot, brute yeah. force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's quite tall and and skinny in stature. Um, so obviously, mm-hmm. like beautiful long levers can just rely on the new ball yeah. pinging off the bat, and he knows it too. Yeah. Well, one thing that I did want to ask you, Nuan, because um, obviously this mm-hmm. is such such a momentous knock by this young man, and I don't know about you, like I kind of have to um had to search around to find uh find articles and things about this innings. It was uh it wasn't really covered too much. And, yeah. and I want to ask you this because we've seen a lot of big scores by these Indian guys. A lot of them, yeah, of a lot of them at home as well. Yeah, I'll be honest for me as well, and I I don't know quite why this is. So I'd like to get your interpretation mm. as well because I'm I'm sure you've got an opinion on this. For me, an Indian scoring a massive score at home for whatever reason it is, and I can't quite put my finger on it, is a little bit less mm. impressive than say someone from Australia or something hitting a double ton at home. 
I don't know why that is. Do you get that? Do you get that feeling as well at all? Or yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a topic of debate that's been around for a while. Like, why is it that subcontinent players, when they perform well at home, it's never rated as highly as say like an Australian player or an English player or even as like a New Zealand South African, you know, scoring at home? Mm. Like, why is it always this like very dismissive attitude towards you know subcontinent players playing at home? You know, like. You know the pitches in that part of the world are, are not the easiest to bat on, mind you. Right? They might they might produce flat decks on occasion, but you know if you watch that India Sri Lanka ODI series, you know the Indians were getting that ball to swing like crazy. It was like the kind of swing that you'd see on a green top in England. Yeah. Like Muhammad Muhammad Shami was literally cutting Mendes in half. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know I think it's really it's a bit it's a bit unfair when we give less credit to Indian players for performing in their own country. Mm. I agree. It is unfair. You know. You know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's you know. They obviously, got to perform at home. Look at David Warner. David Warner like destroys everyone at home. Yeah. And every time he scores a double ton, I was like, oh, it's such a good knock. Oh, David Warner is so good. That's the thing. You know? And that's the thing. Like, I I agree with what you're saying, and I mm. I can't I can't for the life of me think of why I feel like that still. Like, I I don't want to feel like this, but for some reason, <laughs> yeah. something inside me just says, yeah, cool, as opposed to far think, out. You know. I think I think my my opinion on that is it's down to the pitch. And I guess it's also just down to the fact that it's like Indians are oh, they oh, they just always play at home like they always they know what they're about maybe but then again like you can say the same things about Australians you, you know like it's you know but I think a big one is pitches because like over the years you know whenever India plays like white ball cricket at home mm. pitches are typically quite flat not Pakistani flat <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole different that, that's a different not that's a different thing altogether <laughs> not roll not Karachi not Islamabad flat but but you know they they cop they always copy the stick. For producing flat pitches or pitches that you know allow a batsman to score freely, and therefore the bowler is made redundant, kind of thing. I think you're and right. that's yeah. and that's unfair because you know the MCG's been a flat wicket, um, Hobart's been a flat wicket. Mm. There's been a lot of flat wickets in Australia, but no one ever says anything or no one ever puts that same level of criticism because oh, it's Australia, you know, mm. oh, it's you know. So there's, there's there's that as well, and I think people need to realize winning in India is really hard. Beating India in India is bloody difficult, mm. right? Mm-mm-mm. It, it it literally took Steve Waugh's like Australia even Australia, even when Australia was at the peak of their powers as a Test team in the in the in the early two thousand mid two thousands. You know what they labelled India as? India was labelled as the final frontier. Right. Right. So what Steve Waugh said is he he didn't really consider his Australian Test team to be the greatest of all time mm. until they could win a Test series in India. Like that is how highly. That is how highly India is ranked as a country for like a, a foreigner to come and defeat them. Yeah. So it's like one. Of, it's like a double-edged sword. I think you know. I think Shubman Gill's double ton deserves all the praise in the world. You know, whether it was a flat deck, whether it was a good deck, we we don't know. But but to score those kind of runs at, at that young age, at that strike rate against those bowlers, against against those bowlers, yeah. New Zealand are not Sri Lanka. New Zealand are a very very good team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting question because. You know, I'm, I'm now my now my brain's working. Right? Um, <laughs> there was a time where Virendra Sehwag Virendra Sehwag tweeted something like this, right? He was like, it was about pitches, right? Mm. And um, you know, uh, you know, oh, actually, you know what? It was actually quite recent. So you know the Gabba Test, yeah, um, Australia South Africa, mm. right? Obviously that that yeah, that match ended in two and a half days or like one and a half days or something because the pitch was swinging that much, right? It was yeah. this ridiculous green top, right? And uh, and obviously, you know, the ICC labeled that pitch as poor and things like that, but nobody like said anything about it. Nobody, nobody criticized it openly. Nobody said, oh, you know, what's going on with Australia? Why are they producing bowler-friendly wickets? Only, only Verinder Sehwag piped up and he was like, see, why aren't you criticizing 
the pitch, you know? Why are you like? Why aren't you like saying anything about it? Like, whenever, that. whenever, whenever India gets blamed for producing a spin-friendly uh, wicket, man, the criticism they cop, you know, English commentators, you know, English broadcasters, they all want to have a go at India for producing this like a dust bowl, as they like to call it. But you know, the same sort of criticism isn't applied to Australia and England if they produce a pitch that is overly friendly towards bowlers. So, like, what's the go there? Yeah, you know? I think there is a bit of a double standard, and I think like I think mm. you're right. There, everyone is so and like, admittedly, myself as well, so quick to judge and to just speak ill of India. And I think it's um, <clears throat> it's a it's a tough one to sort of like get down to the crux of. It might just be because everybody knows or everybody feels that India are just like these big like bullies, Goliath like bullies, bullies, right? Yeah. And because yeah. of that, they are like the reverse underdogs. Like you hate, like they're like they're like the cricketing oppressors, kind of. In the sense that yeah. they hold all the power, right? Whether they and well, I mean, and sometimes they, they do, do abuse the power, right? I'm, they they do, yeah. They do. Sometimes, like, but you got to understand. I was listening to a, uh, I was listening to a really nice talk about Harsha Bogle, right? Mm. Uh, Harsha Bogle was giving a talk about this. Sort of delves into a deeper philosophical sort of chat about the Indian cricket team and the rise of India is not just a cricketing power, but a financial global power mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, and Harsha Bogle was saying, you know. The India of old was a very weak India. It was very meek India, you know? Like, it was just Tenduka and everyone else, right? Right. Whereas what happened was the arrival of Virat Kohli, the arrival of MS Dhoni, it, it said to the world that, no, Indians are here to compete. We're not here to just be, like, second class. We're here to come up, right? And now India's come up in such a way <laughs> where they rule the cricket world. So, yeah, like, literally do, before yeah. they were... It's like, okay, 1990s, they were, like, down here. Then the 2000s, 2005. Then the 2007 T20 World Cup... That was like the catapult for India to launch as a, as a global power in the cricket world. Things like the IPL came into play. And then suddenly, you know, the, 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 the balance of, I guess, hierarchical political power of cricket shifted. The shift to power, it yeah, went from, definitely. It, it, it went from, you know, it was always England-Australia focused yeah. and then suddenly became Indian-focused. Yeah. And it became that way dramatically. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, a slow thing. It no. just went... I think it, was, I think it was pretty much right after the, uh, the, the start of the IPL. Uh, yeah. The start of the IPL really created the realization that cricket isn't just a sport for cricket lovers. It's actually no. and it's actually a potential cash cow because the sheer, yeah. sheer number of people that tune in, whether they be just mm. from the subcontinent or whatever, there's still millions and millions and millions of people, and there's so much money to be made through advertising and other another uh, you know other avenues of revenue. Yeah, you know, I think that I think the yeah the IPL really kicked things off. And then from that mm. point, India have just exponentially just taken the entire sport over. Yeah. And it really d- does go to show, man. Like, if you have a look at the, um, you know, just like at the most recent IPL auction. Yeah. Cameron Green, three, three point something mil AUD. <laughs> it's ridiculous, Absolutely man. ridiculous. We're talking like, this is probably, you know, it, it's, it's, you would never be able to earn anything close to that. Mm. Talking mm. like 15 mm. years ago, 20 years ago. It's, it's unheard of money, you know? Especially yeah. for, yeah. I think this, this kid's like 23 or something. And is, yeah, yeah, it's 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 wild. I guess yeah. the other thing that I want to talk about, let's 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 shift across. I think it's a pretty good segue to talk about this, right? It is. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about um, the ECB, uh, English Cricket Board, right? And what's, oh, what yeah. they're doing now is now, uh, you know, I think we all know, we all know that what what, mm. what my opinion is about the one hundred or the hundred. Yeah. Now the ECB are actually giving players incentives in hopes that they actually want to play in the 100 you know i think they previously yeah. did that via joe root and other players yeah obviously paying these guys off to sort of promote this uh this subdivision of cricket um and mm-hmm. now they're actively promoting this via additional incentives coming up to the next yeah. season 
Now, obviously, this yeah. is like a clear-cut case of just trying to buy players and trying to just like force promotion, when in reality, if the product was good in itself, you would think that the players would come willingly to try and support yeah. this if they actually supported this sort of format, right? So I want to ask you, like, like for me personally, I'm quite disappointed in the ECB going down this route, especially yeah. because it is the English cricket board. You know, you, you talk about like, you know, um, like the home of cricket, right? The the, tra- yeah. the traditional Towards, home yeah, of cricket, tra- yeah. right? It's in England, yeah, cricket, right? And now they cricket, cricket. That's the thing. Cricket's inherently an English game, anyway. So exactly. It's a bit so for them, sad to, that they're like killing it. Mm. But them to try and stray yeah. away from like red ball cricket this much. You know, obviously mm. the repercussions of doing something like this is going to be absolutely detrimental to red ball cricket yeah. and to the, the, the mm-hmm. realists, the purest fans, right? The pure fans. Yeah. We're going to see repercussions of this probably in the next four or five years if the 100 kicks oh, up as, it, as they probably are projecting it to be. What are your thoughts on this? Easily. Do you think the ECB needs to sort of like make sure that the test cricket, like test cricket is still sexy or should they just allow mm. for this to happen in hopes that there's going to be more money involved as a whole and then, and then after that, Test cricket can be like an afterthought where they can sort of push finances yeah. down that way. What do you think? I think I think this is a, this, this is a very like English problem. Okay, like because you got to understand in England, cricket is competing with the likes of the EPL, right? And, and yeah. football, like the English Premier League. The EPL like dwarfs cricket when it comes to popularity. Right? Yeah. So so let's just be real about that, right? So so the ECB is doing this in a bid to try and get cricket as fun and entertaining as as uh you know football in in, in England. Yeah. Now. I think the ECB have got their priorities wrong. I think mm-hmm. I think the hundred is an absolute. It, it's just like a. It's an absolute circus. Uh, it's yeah. Not, <laughs> it's not. It's not proper cricket at all. You know, one bowler can bowl ten balls in a row, or something like that. It also that. doesn't promote. It doesn't promote like the core fundamentals of traditional cricket either, right? No, we saw it with the start of T Twenty, and we're just straying away from yeah. pure cricket now. You know, the reverse lap, this and that. Like we saw it here and there. In the nineties, mm. you know, but now yeah. it's sort of like stocks. It's like it's like as simple as playing a forward defence. You know, these players that yeah. are coming up, they're expected to play reverse laps and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just I don't know. I would just I would just scrap the hundred. I think it's a waste. I think it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. The I would just scrap TV, it. But, Cancel it. Cancel it. But you know, the fact that the, but the fact that they need to provide some sort of monetary or some sort of incentive to get people to play. It's, uh, what does that? What does that? T- what does that tell you about the the, the hundred? Exactly. Are the right. People really enjoying it or what? No. You know, like, I mean, even the players, yeah. right? Because you you find you yeah. find players like. You have a look at the players that come to the Lankan Premier League, let's just say. Sri Lanka yeah. is one of the mm-hmm. most poorly funded countries in terms of, you know, budget budgeting cricket. for cricket, right? Yeah. Yet yes, you still have is. these high caliber, high class players come down to support the country and support the sport and support this format of cricket in this country, right? Yeah. And yeah. like, it's it's obviously like you sit there and you scratch your head and you think about like, what, mm. what, what are these guys doing? You know, there needs to be some mm. kind of addressing in terms of, the long-term sort of trickle-down effect of doing certain things like this, right? Yeah, yeah. It is disappointing. I think, yeah, it's it's like it's like this. I look at T Twenty like a. It's like you know, like you know, like um, you know, you get like a new puppy and like you're, you're gonna hold the puppy properly and like it's just you, you know how to hold the puppy because like it might fall out of your hands. Yeah. So T Twenty is like that. Everyone's trying to juggle this this like little furball. Yeah. And we don't know what the right position is to hold it. Mm-hmm. So you try different ways. And then it just creates more problems and just compounds the problems. And suddenly you've got like this like uncomfortable looking dog wanting to run away. Mm, I don't know. Mm, so mm. like, it, you know, everyone's trying to juggle something here with short form cricket, right? Like I, I, someone, everyone's trying to try, do different, different things. And, you know, the ICC, it's evident to me that the ICC just don't have any sort of, sort of, uh, 
theocratic or there's no, they have no sort of say in this matter, which is what really frustrates me, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, for example, when it comes to football, like FIFA, right? The FIFA organization, they have a huge stake in like which leagues are run, you know, who gets to play, like what leagues are going to happen, mm, right? Mm, mm, mm. Whereas the, the ICC are like, they just sit on the side. They, they claim to be the International Career Council, but like, it's really the Indian Career Council, if you think about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We should be thinking about trying to globalize the game and make it more popular, you know? Like, things like this 100 nonsense, like, I don't know, I've watched a couple of games with 100. I, I couldn't really get into it because, like, I was looking at the graphics and the scorecard and I was really, really confused. Yeah, so, like, yeah. on one on one side of the screen you have like the number of balls remaining it's like it's like you know steadily decreasing mm. like you know it's like it's like a it's like a thermometer you know it's like going down 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 down, mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. and then on the other side you got like the scorecard and obviously that's going up and up and up yeah. so it's like it's weird like you don't know where to draw your attention yeah it's a it's a really bizarre concept you know rashid khan rashid khan finally said that um i would he wouldn't mind playing in the 100 because it allows him to get two hat tricks in one over <laughs> Yeah. Really, I'm like, he's like, he makes a point there because one bowler bowls ten balls, right? Yeah. So, so you know, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't mind the hundred. I, I, I can get six wickets in one over, you know. And he's and the thing is, like, Khan, Rashid Khan's one of those players that just like that just travels for T20. Obviously, he's like the best of the best in Afghanistan, but then also mm-hmm. he's in the he's the best of the best in terms of T20 international bowlers. So he'll get shipped around and he'll yeah. get paid very very handsomely, I'd imagine. And so yeah. he has no issues playing the hundred, like you know what I mean. And this is the thing, like. I don't know. There needs to be some kind of, um, yeah. And I don't even know if the BCCI will have any issues with something like this because it, it, it's chump change in comparison to what the players are getting in IPL. They're probably not batting an eyelid at this point until this becomes no. a, a bigger beast and they have to address it. Yeah. I don't think it ever yeah. will because the IPL is just untouchable and I don't think anything's going to mm. touch it for a long, long time. It, it's evident the IPL is here to stay, but I think the ICC needs to do something and they need to be, they need to be a bit of a more authoritative figure yeah. when it comes to the expansion of T20. Mm-hmm. Because what's happened now is they've allowed T20 to just, just run right, right? Mm. You've got leagues happening in you know, the West Indies. You've got leagues in Bangladesh. You've got a league in South Africa. You've got a league in Pakistan. There's a Pakistan Super League. There's the Abu Dhabi, there's the Abu Dhabi T10. T10, yeah. T10, you know, that's like, that's a, that's, that's as short as, you know, that's even shorter. That's even shorter than 100. It's, be- yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty much, yeah, yeah. What kind of nonsense is this, man? Like, you know, cricket... The beauty of cricket lies in being able to play your opponent for a significantly long period of time. And I think, um, I think, that, I think what needs to happen, and this is something that um, needs to happen as a whole, like holistically, all these all these big name players need to do is they need to stand up against doing these things. It's really tough because cricket isn't a sport that is um, that it's known for its high income, right? So a yeah. lot of these players do have to jump ship and and. And partake in these little circus acts like the T10 in Abu Dhabi and things like that, just to because obviously those guys over there have have a lot of money and have a lot of money to spend, and they love to see the likes of these big West Indians and you know these other big players that come out and hit sixes. But the only way to stop this is for big name players to to put a foot down and say no, I'm Mm. I'm not going to partake in this, right? And then for that to happen, what needs to happen is their respective countries they need to pay them a little bit more. And sort of negotiate terms and they'll be like, all right, cool, man. Like, this is what's happening. This is where, the, this is where cricket's heading in the next 10 to 15 years. Mm. How can we minimize this destruction of the sport? Or I guess sort of like the, the over-diversification of the, of, of the sport as a whole because it's, it's not going in the right way. And then like there is always, a, there's always a, like a, I guess, sort of debate about test cricket. Test cricket is not even going to be anything like worth watching in say 10 to 15 years time with the amount of these subcategory like you know T20 tournaments and things that are popping up. I think the issue here is how it like 
See, you, you mentioned a good point about players need to stand up and say that they're going to defend the Red Bull game and, and the longer, you know, and the one day game. But the only players who can afford to do that are the players that make a decent income through Test cricket. So, like, yeah. you know, they're like, you know, for example, Mitchell Stark, right? Mitchell Stark, Mitchell Stark's always said no to the IPO. He always said no to the BBO. Yeah. He said he only. You know, my only duty is to play for my country, and obviously he can because he makes like you know he's he's making good quid just from playing red ball cricket. I think I think so with him though, no one like you know? he has like yeah. a he has like an internal desire to play red ball cricket, right? Yeah, it's more than yeah. money just for him. Whereas with other players, it, that might not be the case, right? So yeah. that's the unfortunate yeah. situation. Um, you can definitely tell that Stark has like such a burning desire to perform in red ball. He he and he said it yeah. he said it on air before. You know, he yeah. rates that type of cricket like real cricket. And, you know, these up-and-coming players, they don't have the same sentiment, mm. right? Because they're in it for the money. They know how hard it is to play Test cricket. Test cricket as a, as like a, as like a format is so taxing as well on the body. It's, it's not yeah, really attractive, it's right? One. No, it's not, it's not attractive. No, cricket. it's not. It's just like... For the player. It's attractive, it's attractive in a different sense in terms of like the, the mental aspect. Right. But I feel like... I feel, this, is, this is just like a personal quip, but I feel like Stark has become more focused on his red ball game ever since Shane Warne criticised him uh, for not being aggressive enough. Got like, some personal beef. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm going to show him. <laughs> you know? oh, the late, great Shane Warne. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's a really weird, it's a really interesting topic because like this, this uh, I guess this discussion and this debate around T20 cricket has been happening for at least a solid five, six years now. Yeah. And like, we've still not come to like a, an agreeable solution. No. If anything, T20 continues to expand and Honestly, I have no issues with, like, I don't hate T20. I don't, like, you know, think it's, like, a, a detriment. I think we need T20, but we need it in, like, manageable, you know, chunks. It needs to be sanctioned <laughs> to some degree. It's it's, yeah. it's just it's just a rampant, it's just running, you know, it's just running wild right now. And it's creating these little, little like, inbred offspring that are just sprouting around. And it's, it's not a pretty thing, man. No, you know, these, these are cyclops formats, man. These are these are kids born with one eye and stuff. Like, you, <laughs> it's not it's not the way to go, man. You need to make sure that you diversify the games in an appropriate <laughs> manner. You know, no, there's no interbreeding of formats. There's no T20. Yeah. There's no T10 and the hundred making babies. And it's gonna no. be like, you know, the next one's gonna be like a fight, like a T5. You know, like a T5. That's fight. That's everyone rubbish. everyone bowls yeah. one over, and then you call it a day. The game lasts yeah. for ninety minutes, whatever. Like, it's a joke, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's like this, right? Like. The ICC needs to do more. That's that's how I see it. The ICC needs the more ICC, power, man. And the ICC needs more they, they money. They don't have power. That's, what power do they so have? What's going to what, happen? We're, what we're power stuck, do they have? We're stuck, you and I, Norm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, ca- you, know <laughs> <laughs> you know, ICC, they, they like, look, listen, Indians, look. Let's just, let's just like, let's just... Let's just like have some breathing room, yeah. And then he's like, no, screw like, you. No. Like, you yeah, exactly. <laughs> Push me to the corner, yeah. man. Yeah, but I mean, T Twenty has a purpose, though. T Twenty is the format of the game that we can use to spread the game of cricket. Yes. Right. To make it more attractive to people, to nations that don't typically associate cricket with their with their culture. Yeah. Like you know, especially in the women's game, you know, we're seeing in the Under Nineteen World Cup. We've got the likes of Rwanda. We've got Indonesia. Mm-hmm. We've got the United States of America, which is just an India B team. Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> let's not worry. Let's not worry about that. <laughs> that's a separate story. <laughs> you know, that's a separate story. Uh, like, well, you're captain right. of India is like a Patel. <laughs> I mean, a captain of America is like you know, uh, an Indian lady. But but you know, that's what T Twenty I believe should be there for. It should be. It should be like a gateway to promote the int- to promote the game. That's right. right? Yeah, it's a it's a way for the young and players to get uh, like attracted to the sport. Yeah. But there does need to be. Um, I definitely think there needs to be a stronger relationship between the ICC and the BCCI. The BCCI yeah. needs to play needs to play uh, needs to play you know I guess sort of uh, nice uh, with with the ICC and 
and it needs to be not just about money it's quite evident that it, there's a massive massive prioritization on how much money the sport can bring in and yeah. um, that's being cited in all continents in the middle east in england and um, yeah. yeah it's cricket it's not going in the right way in my opinion but um, you know what no one let's uh let's jump right across man we could talk about this all day i feel um i'm getting hot and bothered as well man i'm not liking this conversation let's um <laughs> let's talk about the you mentioned the under 19 women's world cup man i did want to touch yes. on that um indonesia yes. very very prolific win their first ever win in an icc mm. sanctioned game uh they mm. beat zimbabwe um so it was really really good to see and i guess this is sort that of is um huge. i guess this is a beautiful thing and this is sort of a testament to what t20 cricket can do i think you yep. mentioned this off air before this is the first time that the women have partaken in an under 19 t20 world cup um mm. and it, it, it's a beautiful thing to see it being spread yep. in such a fashion that it is mm. one thing that i did want to mention as well with regards to this is uh the t20 international uh teams of the year got released recently right yeah yep. um i'll yep. quickly run through these teams i did want to make mention of uh, a, a couple of players so for yeah. the women's T20 international team of 2022, uh, the team goes as follows. Uh, we've got Smriti Mandana, Beth Mooney, Sophie mm-hmm. Devine is the captain from, uh, from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. We've got Ash Gardner, yep. Talia McGrath, Nida mm-hmm. Da from Bangladesh, Deepthi Sharma, mm-hmm. Richard Ghosh is the wicketkeeper, Sophie yep. Eccleston, Inoka Ranawira from Sri Lanka, and Renu- uh, yeah. Renuka Singh. Mm. One thing that I really uh, thought was absolutely great to see. So I think I think Nida Da is from Pakistan, uh, not Bangladesh, but Nida Da. Uh, yeah, Nida oh, Da. Oh, actually, you might be right. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Pakistan. My apologies. Um, That's alright. One thing that I want to mention though, um, Richard Gosh, mm. right? Mm. So this is the T20 Women's uh, year, uh, Team of the Year, right? For for all ages, yeah. Richard Gosh mm. is actually keeping in the Under 19 World Cup at the moment as well. That's insane. So That's insane. massive shout out to her. She's yeah. not only you know making making a big name for herself in the under nineteen format, yeah. but she's actually been picked for the team of the year, which is mm. which is huge. Um, that is massive. That is massive. You know, she's she's an all formats player, mm. young talent. You know, she reminds it. She's love that Shefali Verma sort of category. So you know, a player definitely to watch for the future. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't really been keeping a close eye on the Indian women's <laughs> team. I, I know I know a few players, but. But I know you're, you know, you're, you're someone that, um, you know, definitely analyzed the women game quite, women's game quite deeply. I guess, you know, why does Risha Ghosh stand out to you as such a star? Yeah. If we look at it. I think as a whole, she's obviously a, a fairly good keeper. She, she's she been cited as the best um, wicketkeeper mm. batsman um, mm. in, in all women, apparently. Um, but I think her, yeah. her main sort of, I guess, strength is her, her ability to, to hit a long ball. Yeah, and I think that's probably really inducive of what Indian women's cricket are sort of breeding. If you have a look at Shafali Verma, one of the hardest strikers in the game, um, and yeah. she's she yeah, and she's been like that for like three or four years, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I think she debuted when she was sixteen, and she was opening the batting uh, for India. Yeah, and like you couldn't tell that she was underage, man. She was hitting massive, massive bombs. Richard Ghosh mm-hmm. is in the same category, so I think that's really exciting, and, it, and it's good to see because typically what you see is you got you have players like. Um, you know, Ash Gardner um, and Sophie Devine were quite big in stature um, and they hit yeah. big, big sixes. But to see young girls from India do the same thing, um, it's really good for the game as a whole, but also for women in India and, and women in sports as well, coming from these third world countries. Um, oh, yeah, they can of course, all make man. it. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, it, it highlights my point about how T20 is important to bring other countries into the game. Mm-hmm. Purely because the, the format's shorter, right? So obviously allows for a lesser team or, or like a typically non-cricket team to create opportunities to upset a big team. Mm-hmm. Perfect example is like you mentioned, Rwanda defeating uh, the West Indies, I think. Was it West Indies? Yeah, the, so, Ru- yeah. the Rwanda. Yeah, so... West Indies women under 19 is all out for 70, and then Rwanda chasing that down. Well, they, it was a pretty slow chase, I'll admit. Um, <laughs> but they they, you know, they got there in the end with 10 balls and raining, and they did lose six wickets in the process. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, that's that's what that's what T20 can do, and that's how T, T20 should be viewed. Mm. I think, I'll be honest, man, as you know, it's going to be a very outlandish thing to say, <laughs> but there is, honestly, there is honestly too much cricket happening right now. Yeah. And I get very overwhelmed, and I get very jaded. And dare I say it, I, I, can't be, I can't even be bothered watching cricket sometimes. Because I'm like, what is going on? What game is this, you know? So we're going to have to cut this out of the, the podcast, no one. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Did, is it, are, you, are, you, are, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? I'm, uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'll, t- I'll tell you, there is sometimes too much cricket. Like, there's honestly way too much on TV. Yeah, that's a fair point. Di- different leagues, different days. I've never watched the Abu Dhabi T10 game in my life, so I don't think you need to. I don't think you're missing out on too <laughs> yeah. much there, to be honest. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, actually, yeah. we talked about the women's team. Um, here's the, here's the men's mm. team as well, Nuan. Um, so yes, 2022 quickly, men's yeah. T20 team of the year. Uh, I think this podcast yeah. is a bit on the lengthy side. So what we'll do, we'll go through this team and we'll probably wrap this one up. Um, yeah. we've got Jossie Butler. Uh, both yeah, captain and no wicketkeeper. Yeah, no brainer. No brainer. No brainer. <laughs> uh, yeah. We got Mohammad Rizwan, uh, who was rated quite highly last year in terms of batting yeah. rankings. We got Virat mm. Kohli. We got our boy Sky Surikumar Yadav. Again, no surprises there. No, no surprises. No, at no, all. no. Absolute <laughs> Terminator. Um, Glenn mm. Phillips from New Zealand. We got Sikanda Raza, who's a really, really, really good pick. Really happy to see yeah. his name in there. We've been talking about him for pretty much a whole season. Maybe all of season two, we we're talking about Sikanda. So it's good to Another see him get fan. his uh, recognition. Yeah. Um, mm. We've got Hardik Pandya. Um, yeah, obviously one of the, the the best all-rounders in the world in this format. No-brainer. Yeah. Uh, Sam mm. Curran, player of the tournament uh, in, the, in the T20 mm. World Cup. Mr. Wanindu yeah. Hasaranga, uh, absolute mm. wizard with the ball. And we've got Harris Ralph. And also... Mm. Little Josh Little from uh, from Ireland, who has also had an absolute stellar year. So uh, shout outs to Josh Little as well. Good good names, good names. I think they all deserve honourable mention. There's a few other names I could mention, but um, give me a couple. Who who do you think uh, should be in here? I was thinking. I mean, I was it was I was tossing up between Glenn Phillips and maybe even uh, Finn Allen. But then again, I don't think Finn Allen has performed that much. Mm-hmm. Maybe from the Aussies. I don't, know, I don't know if Glenn Maxwell deserves a mention. This is T20, uh, 2022 T20 men's, T, t- 2022 men's T20 I team of the year. Wow, what a, is what a tongue twister that is. Thing, tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, but then he shells, was it he, she sells, she sells, by the seashore. Just say that, just say that. Good luck with no, that. I, I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll leave that to you, man. I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I'm surprised that there are no West Indians. No West Indians in that team. Did you see that? I don't. Th- I think it would be quite strange for a West Indian to make this team if they didn't even qualify for the World Cup. Um, they definitely that, should such... next year. Yeah. They, sh- they need to get yeah. their, um, their, their their stuff together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But no, yeah. good to see good to see Wanindu Hasaranga in there. He hasn't really performed of late. No. But, uh, but twenty twenty two was a good year for Wanindu Hasaranga, and he's uh, he's the left left arm. He's the leg spinners there. But uh, correct, correct. But no, good good selection, good selection. I do rate it. I do rate it quite highly. 
So, um, as I said, that this is a pretty lengthy episode, so thanks everyone for tuning mm. in. Um, we did have some technical difficulties this week with the, yeah. uh, with the going on live on YouTube, so those of you guys yeah. listening in, um, definitely expect next week we will be streaming live on YouTube. If you mm. want to have the, uh, I guess, sort of the link to have a look at this, uh, give us a follow on Instagram. Uh, the handle is yep. in the salmon. Uh, we've also yep. uh, got a TikTok as well as a, a, a yep. YouTube channel, obviously. So keep an eye out mm. for that. Uh, so next week on the Sunday, uh, I, I, I can't confirm the time specifically right now. So you'll have to give <laughs> us a follow on Instagram for updates. But uh, for yes. sure next week, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be able to yep. get this up and running and uh, you guys can see our faces in real time. That's it. That, that's the plan. That's the plan. But, uh, but look, thanks once again, listeners and viewers, uh, potentially. Um, it's goodbye for now. <laughs> that's right. Have a good week, guys. Bye-bye.